Amen. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God tonight. We started a little bit late, and uh, we're going to uh, try to take advantage of our time together as we uh, study a little bit of God's Word. And uh, as I said, throughout the night, as I'm teaching the Word, as I'm sharing the Word, send through your comments. I can see them here. Tonight, I can see your comments. And so send them through if you have any questions, if you have any, any verses that God brings to your spirit that would add value to the conversation, to the, to the message tonight, send it through because everyone else can see what you are uh, putting up there on your comments. Amen. We're going to open our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, and we're going to read from verse 1 through to verse 6. Acts chapter 17, from verse 1 to verse 6. I'm just going to share for a few minutes tonight about something that I think is very, very important. I said to you a few weeks ago that I would be talking on Tuesday nights about things that are important for us as a church and about uh, subjects that are relevant uh, with regards to where we are at, the body of Christ, the church, especially in our nation of Australia, and also maybe as the Lord leads us, talk about things that are going on in the world. And uh, I think, as I said at church a few Sundays ago, it's very, very important that pastors talk, talk and, and, and speak up and declare what is God saying now? What is God saying now to the church? And what is God saying now to our nation? Into the, into the world, and we, we cannot be silent. We need to take a stand. We need to speak the truth. Our people, the people that, that uh, attend our churches, the believers, they need to know what we believe. They need to know what we, what we stand on. They need to know the Bible. They need to know what's right and what's wrong. Amen. Hey, Charlie, God bless you. Afternoon, my brother. Great to be able to have you tonight. Pray you'll be blessed. Amen. So uh, that's what I want to do on Tuesday nights, just share the word of, of God with regards to things that are going on. And so tonight I want to talk about the, the, the church shift, the shift that is going on in the church and how we, we must be careful with that shift that is happening, with that church shift that has been going on now for a long time and which is rendering the church powerless, which is causing the church to be limited. Amen? Which is, which is causing the church in many instances just to be the same as the world. There's no difference. There's a mixture. There is a mixture of the world and the church, and, and there's no difference in many places. And therefore, we are not being the salt of the earth. We are not being the light of the world and God has called the church to make a difference. God has called the church to stand up and to stand out. Amen. I'm going to say that again. God has called the church to stand up and to stand out. Yes, we are to love. Yes, we are to show mercy and to show grace and to, to uh, be compassionate. There's no, should be no, no organization in the world that's more compassionate, more loving more gracious than the church. But at the same time, we must speak truth. We must, we must be uh, a people that are single-minded, no compromise. We know in whom we believe. We know in whom we stand. 
Amen. And I believe, as I, as I said before, that us pastors, our spiritual leaders, it's time for us to stand up. It's time for us to speak up and to give direction to our people. And that's what I, I would like to do on Tuesday nights. I hope you were blessed last Tuesday when I came on with my brother, Pastor Kane from Sydney. It was, a, it was a great time together as we shared some important truths. And, and that's what it's all about. So I pray that tonight you will be blessed by this simple message that, that will give us some clarity. Amen. So as I said, send through comments throughout the Bible study that will be beneficial tonight. Let's read. Acts chapter 17, verse 1 to verse 6. It says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went into them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lured fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Now look at verse 6 says, this is very important, verse 6. It says, and when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying. Now look what the, what the people were crying out. There was an uproar, there was a protest. And this is what they were declaring concerning the church concerning these brothers and these sisters that were preaching the gospel. They said, these that have turned the world upside down have come here also. These that have turned the world upside down have come here also. The church of Acts, the church of Acts had a reputation. They had a reputation. And their reputation was that they were turning the world upside down. What a church. What a powerful church. Wherever they went, it was them that was turning the world upside down. It was, it was them, the church, that was impacting the world. It was the church that was making a difference. And, and thus, their reputation was these guys, these girls, this, this group of people, they're turning the world upside down. Now, it wasn't that they were that they were being unruly. What, what the reason they were saying these men are turning the world upside down, it had nothing to do with them being unruly or with them being violent or with the church, with the church doing anything illegal. It the reason they said this was what they were teaching, what they were preaching. You can read there the, the first few verses that I spoke to you was, you know, Paul, as his manner was, he would go into the synagogue and from the scriptures, that's very important, from the scriptures, from the scriptures, he was opening and alleging 
that Christ must needs have suffered and risen from the dead. So his preaching and his teaching was biblical, was coming out of the scriptures. Now that's very important. And it was that, that teaching, that preaching that was that was fundamentally Bible. He wasn't, he wasn't preaching fairy floss fantasy. He was preaching Bible. I love how it says there. You look at verse two, you can underline that. It says that he reasoned out of the scriptures. That's very important because there are many that reason out of their own opinions. They reason out of what they read on the internet or they reason out of what they hear somebody else say. But, but this man, the, these women, they were reasoning or preaching out of the scriptures. It was coming out of the word of God. The word of God. And it was that that preaching that wherever they went was causing salvations. It was causing healing of the sick. It was that preaching that was that was transforming and changing people. Wow. The simplicity of preaching the gospel, as we were talking about last Tuesday and last Sunday at church, two Sundays ago, the simplicity of preaching the gospel, the foolishness of gospel preaching, changing the life of someone out of the scriptures. I love that. The Bible is powerful. The Bible is truth. The Bible contains words that are spirit and life. And they, they were so confident in the word of God. That that's what they preached. That today, there's a lot of preaching that is out of a book out of another book, out of a manual. They preach out of a manual. They preach out of a book. But these guys, these, these men, this church of Acts, preached from the scriptures. And we have the promise that when the word of God is preached, Jesus will confirm it with signs and wonders following. Can I hear an amen? Can somebody write an amen there? Come on. Don't let me feel like I'm alone here. Send me through your comments. Say, Amen, Pastor. We agree with you. We agree with you. Whenever you preach the gospel, whenever you preach out of the scriptures, just line upon line, the word of God, that for the, for the lack of a better term, God is obliged. God is obliged to confirm it with miracles. He just cannot. He has to witness it. He has to say, yes, that's true. That's what a witness does. The book of Hebrews tells us that God witnesses the word of God, his word. He witnesses his word with miracles, with gifts. Come on, see if I can find that so I can read it to you. In Hebrews, I want to read that. I just felt that. Hallelujah. Hebrews. Hebrews. Chapter 2. Now keep, keep your hand. There in Acts chapter 17, my sister Sheila says, we agree. Amen, sister. Sister Meliana, amen. My sister Gloria Restrepo, amen. I agree. Thank you, my sister. Praise God. Can I hear more people saying, I agree? I agree with you, pastor. Hebrews chapter 2. Look what it says in verse 3 and 4. Look what it says. How shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. 
Now look what verse 4 says. God also bearing them witness. How? With signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type that up here. I don't know if Erica is, can, can type it up or I'll type it up. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, because I want the brothers to see that and the sisters to see it, that whenever we preach the word, whenever the word of God is proclaimed, God in heaven, he, he gives it witness. He witnesses to it and he says, that's true. And how does he witness it? It says there with signs, hallelujah, wonders, and diverse miracles and gifts. I'm going to write that here. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. I want you to read that, church. Look at verse 4 again. You ready? God bearing them witness. Man, we need God to bear us witness. We need God's witness. We need God to bear us witness. Amen. How? How does he witness? The way he witnesses and says, yes, that's true, is with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. Church, it's his will to do miracles. But he will only do miracles. He will only confirm and witness the preaching of the word of God, of his word. So it's like a witness is like when you go to court and you are a witness of something that happened, you testify, yes, that is what happened. The car was driving on this side of the road. This other car came out and, and did not put an indicator on and, and there was a crash on the left-hand side of the car. You witness and you testify. That's how it happened. And you give witness well, the way that God gives witness from heaven to the preaching of his word is to, is to confirm it with signs and wonders. So he witnesses the, the gospel preaching with miracles. He says, yes, that's true. Yes, that's my word. Yes, that is right. And, he, and diverse miracles happen. Signs and wonders happen. We need signs and wonders. We need miracles today in the church. But then let's go a little bit deeper. That means we need Bible preaching. We need gospel preaching. We need word of God proclamation, word of God preaching out of the scriptures. There's too much preaching out of something else, out of a book, out of a manual, out of uh, uh, <clears throat> opinions again out of of, of, a, of a denominational point of view we need preaching that comes out of the scriptures and when we do that god in heaven witnesses it and he says that's true that's true you know beloved church god is not obliged to god is not obliged to do miracles where his word is not preached god does god is not he does not have to move where man's opinions are preached. He's not obliged to move. He, he moves where his word is preached and proclaimed. So in the book of Acts, these guys, wherever they went, 
They were preaching from the scriptures. They were proclaiming, thus says the Lord. And, and miracles were happening. Signs and wonders were happening. God was witnessing the preaching with, with miracles, diverse miracles. And so therefore they had a reputation. Wherever they go, they're turning the world upside down, not because they were unruly, not because they were troublemakers in the sense of they were doing things that were violent or they were breaking the law. No. Their reputation of turning the world upside down and, and visibly, visibly, visible manifestations of healings and deliverance and salvations. And I mean, I mean, can you imagine in one day 3,000 people getting saved? On another day, 5,000 people getting saved. On another occasion, the, the, the shadow of Peter healing people. Then, then there's resurrection. Then the church is, 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 is generous and giving to the poor and helping. And this, I mean, they, they, they're turning their world upside down because of their revelation or because of their belief. Belief. Okay? So they had a reputation that they were turning the world upside down. How? Again, I want this to sink into your spirit. They were, they were turning the world upside down because they were preaching the word of God. And thus God was confirming that word with signs and wonders following. We must pray as a church that we would be a Bible preaching church, but also that God will confirm the preaching of his word with signs and wonders following. Amen. We don't just want to be a, a Bible-believing, signs and wonders-believing church without manifestation. We need to pray in that direction. And the moment that begins to happen, the church starts to turn its world upside down, starts to turn families upside down. Things begin to happen. The church starts to gain a reputation. My, wherever they go, things are happening. So, so I, I want to go into this tonight and just for the next few minutes. As I said, we started a little bit late tonight. So I'll get, I'll get started on this and we'll continue next Tuesday night. But I want to talk about this because, well, well let's, let's, let's look at these words. The word turned. So this is what they said. These that have turned the world upside down. So the word turned from the Greek literally means to drive out. So in other words, wherever they went, they were driving out. My, what were they driving out? They were driving out sickness. They were driving out sin. They were driving out religious people. They were driving out the, tr the traditional mindsets. They were driving out. These who drive out. That's what turned means. Another word for turn means to trouble. These that trouble. <laughs> yeah, they were troubling, all right. They were troubling people's comfort zone. They were troubling people's pet sins. <clears throat> they were troubling people's religious comfort. They were troubling. Another word is to agitate, to disturb to stir up, to make uncomfortable. 
I'm going to say that again. The word turned, this is what the, the, the reputation that the church of Acts had. These who have turned the world upside down. The word turn is to drive out, to trouble, to agitate, to disturb, to stir up, and to make uncomfortable. That's the, the church of Acts. Wherever they went, they agitated. There was a disturbance, a holy disturbance, a disturbance to the kingdom of darkness, a disturbance to, to strongholds and and, and oppression, a disturbance to that to those that were demonic possession. There was a disturbance to the to the to the evil that was in a city. There was a disturbance. There was a stirring up. There was a making uncomfortable. These who have turned the world upside down. The, you can imagine these these people here in this in these cities of Thessalonica, very comfortable. And then, then the, the church comes in. The believers come in and, and, they, and, they, and they begin to stir up. They begin to agitate. They begin to make them uncomfortable. Trouble. Troublemakers. <laughs> Troublemakers. If we go back to Acts chapter 16, so the chapter before, and we read, we read verse 20, it sort of gives us the same, the same uh, type of proclamation against the church as as what we just read these who have turned the world upside down look what they say here in acts chapter 16 if you remember you can read it, the the chapter before paul has just cast out a demon from a woman that had been tormenting her for years and and this gets again so that's the agitating that's the making uncomfortable that's that's the stirring up the kingdom of darkness the church goes in and causes a shift in this in the city they go in causes a shift in the in the world of darkness and look what they said about the apostle paul and, and then also silas acts chapter 16 verse let's look at verse 2019 again look what it says and when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone they caught paul and silas and they drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. Look at verse 20. And they brought them to the magistrates saying, now look what they say about Paul and Silas, the church. This is the reputation that they have. What does it say? These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. <laughs> they trouble our city. It's the same word as turned the world upside down. These men are troubling our city. What they're saying is they're making us uncomfortable. They are agitating us. We're comfortable in our sin. We're comfortable in our religious ideas. We're comfortable living our life. Don't, don't, don't make us uncomfortable. Don't trouble us. I'm fine how I am. And yet, <clears throat> wherever the church went, because the gospel makes uncomfortable, Someone once said the gospel makes those that are uncomfortable comfortable and those that are comfortable uncomfortable. This is the church of Acts. These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. Now notice what it says, exceedingly. They exceedingly trouble our city. Amen. 
not just laying up a little a little platform for where I'm going next week. I hope you're still listening to this and you're getting this into your spirit. Because the church today is very quiet. What, what, what reputation does the church have today? Are we turning our world upside down? Or is the world turning the church upside down? Are we troubling our city? These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. That's the reputation they have. And they teach custom. See, the troubling was what they teach. What they preach was what ruffled them, was what stirred them up. But they preach. See, it's what we preach. It's what we teach. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And look what happened in verse 22. And the multitude rose up together against them. Our brothers and our sisters, the church of Acts, they rose up against them. And, the, and look what happened. And the magistrates took, tore off their clothes and they commanded them to be beaten. And they had them lay many stripes upon them. They cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safe. This is the church of Acts. This is the church that God used so powerfully, so mightily. They're turning their world upside down. They're exceedingly troubling their city. The people are, are standing up to, to grab them and to tear their clothes off and to beat them. <clears throat> today, the church of today, the people rise up to applaud the church because the church no longer troubles the city. No, the church no longer, <clears throat> no longer is turning its world upside down. So going back to my, to my thought at the beginning, it, it was the church of Acts this, this Bible preaching signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Pentecostal, spirit-filled. It's the Pentecostal. It's the spirit-filled. It's the Bible preaching. It's the laying hands on the sick. It's the tongue talking, baptized with the Holy Ghost. It's the gifts of the spirit. It's the fivefold ministry. It's this. It's this. That causes a shift in a city. It's this that, that, that we see in the book of Acts that was turning the world upside down. It's this that throughout, throughout the church age up until today, whenever there's been a group of, of Bible preachers, signs and wonders, laying hands on the sick, baptism with the Holy Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit, vibrant worship, vibrant praise. It's that group that has always, always turned their world upside down. It's that group that has always troubled and agitated the religious people. It's that group that has always troubled and agitated society, the culture, the culture. <clears throat> it's that group that has gone in and caused a shift in its world, in its society. They were bringing a shift to their culture. The Church of Acts was bringing a shift 
to the culture of their day. Yet, yet, today, today, it seems that the culture, that society, that the world is bringing a shift to the church. I want to say that again. These men, these women, the church of Acts, the church down through the ages, the Pentecostal church all the way down through the ages had a reputation that they were turning their world upside down, that they were exceedingly troubling their city. People would not stand up to applaud them. They would stand up to get them, to try to silence them. These men, these women were bringing a shift to their culture. But yet today, today, in this modern era, in this modern time that we live in, in this, in this age of the modern church, it seems like the culture and the society we live in and the world that surrounds us is bringing a shift to the church. Now, the word shift, the word shift is, is a, it's a powerful word because when, we, when, when, I, when I show you what it means, you will see clearly that this is what's going on today. The word shift means to go from one place or position to another. To replace something with, with another thing. To move, to transfer, and to alter. To alter a belief system. To alter a way of doing things. And the last meaning of the word shift is to exchange. To exchange. <clears throat> the Church of Acts would go into a city and they would shift. There would be a shift in that city. People would move from one position to another. People would move from being lost to being saved. There was, there was something that would happen in that city. And again, all the way down through the history, wherever the church has been a Bible-believing church, spirit-filled church, they have caused a shift in their world. But as I said, today, it seems like the church, the church, there's been a church shift. See, we, we talk a lot in the church about the culture shift. We, and we say things, oh, the culture has shifted and, and, and the world has shifted and the immorality and, and, and it's so bad and sin is, is, is rampant and, and lawlessness abounds. And, and we're, we're sometimes really good as a church to look outside and say, man, there's a real shift going on in the world. There's a real shift in belief systems. <clears throat> there's a real shift in, in values, in values. And there has been, there has been. I mean, if, 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 we, if we go, can you, if we go uh, 50 years ago and we look at where we are today from 50 years ago in, in, in the culture, there's been a shift. There's been a, 
a, there's been a going from one position to another, from one, from one place to another, from one way of thinking to another way of thinking. Amen. Sister Gloria says, can you write the word, please? If you can write, write the, uh, the meaning of shift. I'll write it down here. Shift. Shift to go from one place to another to replace something to exchange to alter to transfer to move amen so yes society has shifted there's been a huge shift i mean even from you know, I, I talked to my father and to my mother. They lived when, when, when they were young in the 60s and the 70s to today. Huge shift. And then to my grandparents, huge shift. <laughs> the, 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 the goalposts have been widened to, to what is accepted in society. There's been a shift. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's been a shift on family values. There's been a shift on marriage. There's been a shift on, on life. I mean, it's... It's incomprehensible. It's 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 a shame. It's there's things that are that the, the, the society has shifted so far from from God's word that in, in many places it's just it's messed up, messed up because it's there's been a shift from one position of thinking, from one place, from one belief system to another. And that's what I was saying a few weeks ago. If you remember in Romans chapter 1, if we go there quickly in Romans chapter 1, just got another 10 more minutes. In Romans chapter 1, this is what I was saying a few weeks ago about this, this exchanging of truth for a lie. That word exchange is one of the words of shift. There's been a shift. There will be a shift from truth to a lie in the world. But my concern is more Again, yes, there is a there is a culture shift, and, and and that's true. But my concern is more church is what we need to be aware of as the body of Christ, as the church here in this nation of Australia. The greatest concern for us should be how about the church shift? What about the church shift? The shift that is going on in the church, the church replacing the church moving from one position of belief to another the church altering altering long-held doctrines beliefs the church shift that is going on and where where in the book of acts it was the church bringing a shift to its world this church shift that is going on today, it's actually the world, it's the opposite. It's the world coming into the church and causing the church to shift, to alter, to exchange. So it, it's, there's been a reversal. There's been a reversal. The book of Acts, all the way down through the church age, the church, Pentecostal church would go in and cause a shift in its world. 
But today, and I think, as I've been saying for the last few weeks, there's been an all-out assault for the last 30 years. And for the last 20 years, 15 years, I mean, just against the church outright to cause the church to shift. And there is a church shift going on. A church shift going on. And that's here in, in Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, verse 25. And this is what's going on today. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Now, did you hear those words there? Who changed the truth? That word changed is the word exchanged, which is the word shift. Who shifted the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature. Wow. More than the creator. Do you know, beloved brother and sister, that the word creature there so if you look at mark chapter 16 it says go into into the world and preach the gospel to every creature creatures that's that word creature it's talking about uh mankind humans creature but if you look at the word this word and, and there's a lot of <clears throat> words that 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 are at the root of this word one of the words for creature, and I want you to hear this. One of the words for creature is the word culture. Culture. Because wherever there is a group of people, a culture is established. There is a culture. You know, for those, those of you that, that grew up in, in South America, in Central America, those of you that are from Africa or from Europe, you grew up with you grew up in an environment with other there was other humans flesh and blood but those the all those humans all those creatures created a culture so you have a latino culture you have a european french culture we have an we have an australian culture and then within all those cultures there are subcultures amen you have the you have the culture for example, you have the, the culture that, that, that likes sports, sports culture. You have the gang culture. You have the culture of, of certain styles of music. So there are subcultures, culture. The word, the word culture is, is really, you can, you, can, you can open it up and it just means a belief system, a belief system, a culture a way of doing things and the culture comes from creatures from people and depending on where you grew up depending on who you grew up with it establishes a culture amen so it you have the you have a food culture you have a, the, a fashion culture and 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 usually your the way you dress the what you eat the things that you like, they're pretty much ingrained in you 
because of who you hanged around or who you grew up with. Amen. We have a church culture. There's a lot of church culture that is just man-made. It's a church culture. <clears throat> so when, when it says here, who changed, exchanged or shifted the truth of God to fit into a lie. Why? Why? To worship and serve the creature more than the creator. So we could say it like this. There's a shift today in the church. There's a shift from truth or there's this endeavor to cause the church to shift from truth to a lie in order, in order to be to be accepted by the culture. More concerned about what the culture has to say about us than what God has to say about us. Are you getting this church? Are you getting this? My sister Silvana says, mercy, Lord, the Holy Spirit help us. Amen. The Holy Spirit help us. Yes. See, the shift, the, the church shift on, on, on our preaching and on, on, on the word of God and on healings and deliverance and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. The church shift that is going on, on holiness, it happens, it happens because the church and pastors, they want to be accepted by the culture. See, so that's a worship. <laughs> that's a worship. They want to be accepted by the culture. They want to be popular. They want the culture not to stand up to get them to tear their clothes off. They want the culture to stand up and applaud. And say, wow, the church is so modern. The church is so accepting. Wow, the church is so loving. It's such a loving place. Oh, the church has evolved. The church no longer believes what it used to believe. The church, people say, oh, the church 20, you know, back in, in, in when it was, it was old fashioned 20, 30 years ago. But wow, the church today is not old-fashioned anymore. The church today is relevant. The church today is cool. The church today is hip. We're the hip crowd. The church today is the flavor of the month. The pastors today, they are popular. They're not persecuted. They're not beaten. They are popular. They're on the, they're on, and, and I mean, there's nothing wrong if they, they're on, they're on the cover of a magazine. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what they want to that's what wow the pastor is so super amazing the church and it's it's happened because there's been a church shift because because without being without there being a church shift like the book of acts and the and the church is the one that's causing a shift in the world the church the church would have this reputation. They won't, they, the church won't be too liked by the world, the, 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 especially by the religious. The church would have this reputation, these that are turning the world upside down, these that are troubling our city have come here also. They're here, they're down the road, they're in that corner, they're in that church over there. Wow, 
there's something happening. They're, 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 they're causing change in the community. They're causing change in the, in the suburb. They're causing change. But there's a church shift going on today. We're seeing it before our very eyes. The church is silent. Now, I'm not saying this as a, as a negative thing. I'm not being a prophet of doom and gloom. I'm not saying everything is bad. I'm not, but, but it's time to wake up. We need to say like, the, like David, when Goliath for 40 years was tormenting the church, tormenting the army of Israel, who was the church, and the church was hiding in caves. They didn't want to confront the issue. They didn't want to deal with what was going on. They wanted to hide, quiet. The many churches are quiet today. Many pastors are quiet today. We don't want to agitate. We don't want to trouble. We don't want to be looked at as troublemakers in the sense of what we preach and what we believe. And this went on for 40 days until David came on the scene, who is a type of the church, who is a type of a prophet. And he said these words, in, you can read him in 1 Samuel chapter 17. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is this not a reason for us to stand up and fight? Is this not a reason for us to stand up and speak the truth? We cannot be silent anymore. We cannot be silent any longer. It's time for us to speak. This world needs Jesus. This world needs, needs to experience the power of God. This world needs an awakening. And the church needs a revival. The church needs a move of God. We need to shift back to Pentecost. We need to move back to the Bible. We need to move back to signs, wonders, and miracles. It's time that we shift back to the to the to the the power of the holy spirit that we shift back to the laying hands on the sick and they shall recover man can you feel this tonight i'm feeling the holy ghost right here while i'm sharing this with you we need to shift back we need to shift back to bible preaching man if there's any pastor that that's happened to come across this tonight or later on this will stay up on facebook come on man of god woman of god shift back to preaching the word, come back, move back, position yourself back to getting your face in this book. And when you get up behind the pulpit, open up the Bible and preach to your people. Thus says the Lord, hallelujah. This is what God's word says. And we don't apologize for it. We don't, we don't shy away from it. We're not, a, we're not afraid to declare it. It's time, church. It's time. A revival is coming. An awakening is coming. A move of God is coming. But it's coming to those that will understand that God has us on this, this earth with a mission to, for us to turn the world upside down and not for the world to turn us upside down can i hear a big amen praise god or can i see a comment there with someone typing up amen preach it pastor praise god meliana says revive us lord that we may rejoice in you yes amen are you getting this church are you getting this you know and, and i'll come to a close i come to a close i, I started a little bit late so i can have a little bit, few more minutes few more minutes 
Look, I, I was reading today, Charles Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, a, a, a man of God, a preacher in, in England of the 18th century, the 18th century, we're talking 200 years ago. In the middle of the 18th century, he wrote an article, he wrote an article, and the article was um, feeding sheep or amusing goats. Feeding sheep or amusing goats. And I would, and, and I would, I would encourage you. I've got, I've got it here. I've got it here. I'm not going to read it because it's quite long. I might read it next week. But in that article, you can, you can Google it. Feeding sheep or amusing goats. Spurgeon, over 200 years ago, in the 18th century, he wrote an article with that title, and it's like he's writing to the church of today. It's like he's writing to the church of today, with this church. The church back then was already trying to be a, a, a place to, that fits in with society. The church was losing the, the power. And he writes, he writes in that article, and, he, and, he's, and this, this is a quote from that article. He says, I believe that one of, or I believe that one reason why the church of God at this present moment has so little influence over the world is because the world has so much influence over the church. This is what Spurgeon wrote 150 years ago, 200 years ago. It was already happening then. I believe that one reason why the church of God at this present time, back then in the 18th century, has so little influence over the world is because the world has so much influence over the church. And he wrote in that article, a time will come, <laughs> a time will come when instead of shepherds feeding the sheep, the church will have clowns entertaining the goats. That's a strong statement. Can you say amen? <laughs> wow. Let me say that again. And he's prophetically declaring this, and I think we've come to that time. Although there are many that are waking up, there are many that are saying, you know what? It's time to come back. We cannot. We cannot get by anymore just with entertainment. We cannot get by anymore just with, with amusing. We cannot get by anymore just with having a good time. We now need to have a God time. We need to have a glory time. I'll say that again. A time will come when instead of shepherds feeding the sheep, the church will have clowns entertaining the goats. And that's, that's, that's the church that does not turn the world upside down. That's the church that has shifted, that has allowed the world to shift the church. And beloved church tonight, if, 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 we, if we as a church shift from this, then we have no right to expect miracles. 
then we have no foot to stand on to ask God to move, to ask God to bring a revival. So I believe tonight, church, that we are living in those days that the Bible talks about, the last of the last days. This is not a time to play church. This is not a time to get wishy-washy. This is not a time. This is not a time to to get cold. This is not a time. This is a time to start praying. This is a time to start reading the word. This is a time to start. You, you, you've heard what I've been preaching these last Sundays at the church. And I'm preaching that because that's what God has laid on my heart to preach. I believe God is setting us up. I believe God is preparing us for a move of his Holy Spirit. Amen. As I read and, and you know, I, and I say this with my heart heavy, with a heavy heart, as I read articles and as I look at what's going on in much of what we call church in this nation of Australia, how sad it is that in many circles there's been a shift. There's been a church shift. Forget the culture shift. There's been a church shift. And if we want the culture to come back to God, <clears throat> we first, as the church, need to come back to God. For as Charles Finney said so, so long ago, so, so long ago, as goes the church, so goes society. Let me leave you with this tonight and we'll close and we'll pray. This is another, another little quote from an article that Charles Finney, again, 200 years ago, 18th century. Look what he wrote. It's like he's talking to the church of today. This is what he wrote, and I quote, The pulpit regulates the spiritual condition of God's people, which affects the nation. A lukewarm, sex-saturated culture and church simply reflects the lack of conviction in the pulpit and as well in the pew. Sadly, many pastors are exchanging truth for passivity, boldness for cowardliness, and conviction for comfort. They are not aflame with the righteousness. We aim to be motivational speakers rather than preachers of righteousness. Now remember, he wrote this 200 years ago. Let me keep reading. Pastors and Christian leaders alike must take responsibility for the spiritual health of today's church and the nation. Let me say that again. Pastors and Christian leaders alike must take responsibility for the spiritual health of the church of today and the nation. We don't need more marketing plans. We don't need more demographic studies. We don't need more giving campaigns. We need men filled with the Spirit of God. Pastors, we are not just cheerleaders. We are game changers. We are called to stir and to convict so that change takes place. Granted, there are many wonderful pastors and churches, and I appreciate their ministry. But as a whole, the church 
has drifted off course. They have lost the compass of truth. Quote Charles Finney, as goes the church, so goes society. Could it be, church, tonight that God is calling his church? This whole coronavirus, this whole restrictions, don't, don't think it's just by coincidence. I believe with all of my heart as I prayed and as I've spoken to other people, pastors and people that, that have been in the ministry for a very, very long time. I've spoken to my father, a man of God for many, many years. I've spoken to other men of God and, and the conclusion is the same. God is dealing with his church. God is dealing with his church. God is telling his church, come back. Come back. You've shifted. You've shifted. You've altered. You've moved from foundational Christianity. You've moved the goalposts. Come back. Strip it all back. Bring it back to the simplicity of the gospel. You've moved to programs. You've moved to strategies. You've moved to psychology. You've moved to all these human resources. You've moved to entertainment. And you've thought that entertainment is the anointing and it's not. And I believe all of this that's going on right now, it's one thing behind it is to get the church back to the Bible. Get the church back to the book of Acts. And for the church to be the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. As you can see, my beloved brother and sister, this is coming from my heart that has been seeking God's face about this. And throughout this whole time of the coronavirus, the five months we were away from the building, these are the things that God began to lay on my heart. Amen. There are many leaving Bible churches to go to seeker-friendly churches because they want to be comfortable. And the, let me say something. <laughs> I know I'm going on a bit long, but let me say something. The day of the seeker-sensitive, seeker-friendly church is over. It's over. The day of sugarcoating the message of the cross, the message of the Bible, the day for sugarcoating this, it's over. It's time to come back. We've got to shift back to the Bible. Amen. Amen. I'm going to continue this next Tuesday. It's going to get even deeper. God is speaking to us. Amen. I see you, Sister Sue. Thank you, Pastor, for the fervent encouragement. Stay focused. Amen. We will. Hey, my dad is on there. Praise God. Back to the cross. My dad says back to the cross. Amen. Sister Sel. Amen, Pastor. Yes, praise God. Well, this message is going to stay up on Facebook. Many, many will listen to it later on. We get good reach. A lot of people have been watching our Tuesday nights uh, Bible study. But if, I encourage you, if you feel to do so, share it on your, on your Facebook because this kind of a message, I think, is needed today. 
We need to hear this today. It won't be popular, but God has not called us to be popular. God's called us to be powerful. And I, and I believe, I was talking on Sunday morning with my brother Douglas. Brother Douglas has been coming to the church with his lovely family. And he said, Pastor, there are many out there that are just sitting at home, disillusioned with the church, disillusioned with all this shift, the church shift. And they're hungry and they're looking and they're praying. And so we need to get the word out there that there are churches, there are churches all over this nation that are crying out, that are praying. There are pastors all over this nation that are preaching the word of God. It's just that many of them are just, they're not knowing. They're not knowing. They don't have a TV program. They might not have a Facebook page, but they, they, they're rising up. They're rising up all over this nation. And God is getting ready to do something powerful with his church. If you believe that right there where you are, say amen. This message is going to go out. I believe this message is going to touch many, many people for the glory of God. And I will continue next Tuesday night. And don't forget, Sunday morning, we're back here at church. Come on. You need to be here. 10 o'clock. Let's come. Let's get ready for a great service together. Let me pray for you. Let me pray with you. And that you may have a great night. You may have a good sleep. And tomorrow will be a good day, a great day. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this time that we've had together tonight, sharing your word, studying this, this all-important message that you have laid on my heart for such a time as this. I believe it's a prophetic message, Almighty God, for the church that we need to come back, that the church that has shifted would come back, that we would come back and that we would once again be the salt of the earth and the, and the light of this world, that we would be the ones that are turning our world upside down and not the world turning us upside down. Raise up men and women all over this nation. Raise up churches, Lord. And I pray for power, church. Lord, that we would be a church that you would use in this time that we are living in, Almighty God. I pray. Many other churches <clears throat> in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name. If there's anyone sick tonight, I pray for healing in their bodies. In the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We are expecting for this weekend what you're going to do in this house. Bring people from all over this city to come and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.